0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, February 18th, 2015, and you guys listening to episode 199. That's right, people. We are one shy away from the 200th episode of the show, which is uh, a milestone that I'm proud of. I've been doing the show for over four years. So uh, this is the... uh, This is the last one before the uh, 200th, and uh, i got a great show. Before I get into the show, I want to shout out the sponsor. Sponsor of the Effect podcast is uh, gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Run over there in Chicago. Shout out to Dave Gavry, funny up-and-coming comedian out there in Chicago who runs the Gonzo Fame website and has for a long time. As a matter of fact, he has got an interesting one coming up with um, ex-porn star Aliyah Janine who has now moved over into stand-up. I've met her many times, uh, you know, just a nice, sweetheart of a person and she's uh, trying to break into comedy after leaving the adult entertainment business and uh, he did a, uh, uh, from what I hear, a great interview with her. Very in-depth, you'll hear the whole thing and uh, that should be very interesting. So check out gonzofame.com along with so many other comedians on there that uh, you know and love. So uh, check out gonzofame.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh now, a lot of stuff to talk about on the show. Uh want to talk about the uh definitely one thing that I want to talk about and I you know, I, I guess I'll talk about it up front um now just because it was something that uh, I really wanted the opportunity to see and unfortunately I had two shows uh in the city that night on Sunday night, but I wanted to talk about the uh, Saturday night live um the SNL 40th anniversary show. And it was funny because the TV, it was on in the comedy club and the TV with obviously no sound, so you you had to read it. And I was definitely laughing at some of the things I was reading, but, um, you know, the big thing for me and, uh, you know, everybody who knows me and knows anything about me or my stand-up is, you know, how much Eddie Murphy means to me in my career and everything. I mean, that guy is literally pretty much the reason I do what I do. Uh, When I was a little boy, I would run around quoting lines from his movies. Um, You know, I was uh, begging my father to take me to see Eddie Murphy Raw. It was in a movie theater in Yonkers, and I begged him to take me, and I know my mother and grandmother did not want him to take me. And I begged him, and he took me, and I was mesmerized by it and all this stuff, and just everything that the guy's done. I mean, the guy's a legend. The guy's a hero to me. Um, and I've gone on record saying many times, I don't even think it's close, Eddie Murphy is the most talented individual all around of the last 30 years, 35 years, you could say. I mean, with his uh, you know, his acting, the guy won a Golden Globe. The guy was nominated for an Oscar. guy has two of the greatest stand-up specials of all time at 25 years old. He did Delirious at what twenty one. He did Raw at twenty five. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, and, and and watch the characters that he he did. I mean, everything holds up today. His act outs hold up today. His his just. I mean, to own a room. I mean, I was fortunate enough to open up for Bill Burr at uh, Constitution Hall in Washington D.C., where Delirious was taped. You know, Eddie in the in the red leather, his first one, and I was there, and just to to see what that guy did at such a young age is so incredible and impressive, and, um, so, anyway, fast forward, you know, 35 years later to the Saturday Night Live 40th, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he's coming back, I can't believe he's coming back, I want him to come back so bad, and then, um, I guess what happened was he, uh, you know, came out and everybody was excited and not not much, he didn't really do much other than just thank everybody and say it's great to be back and, you know, clap and everything and you could see he was uncomfortable but I got to tell you, when that fucking door opened, I was actually sitting down at a table with uh, comedian uh, Vladimir Kamano. And we were just sitting at a table and we're watching and we're both talking about Murphy. And we, you know, we're waiting and it was in between sets and I didn't have to go on stage. And I'm like, man, I hope I don't go on stage when Eddie comes out. And I was just watching. And then when Chris Rock came out, you knew that Chris Rock was going to be the one to kind of present present him or bring him out. And when he walked out in the blue suit on the top step, it was just, I literally got chills from head to toe. I know some of you guys are like, what the fuck, man? I'm telling you, man, this guy is such an influence on on me and so many comedians, like so many comedians that do. I mean, Eddie Murphy was the guy, so um, I got the chills, and I was just like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? And then, you know, granted, it definitely, you know, was kind of a, you know, I'm, I'm I don't want to say disappointment cuz the guy hasn't been there for 30 years and he probably didn't want to come back but they probably said, "Listen, this is going to be the last time." You know, who knows what what happens with the show and you know, I found it funny that they didn't do it at the 50th. I guess they think everybody might be old or they don't know how long the show's going to go or you just never know and you know, once people start reaching their mid-70s and stuff, it's like, "All right, let's let's try to do it now at the 40th when everybody's you know, still around." So, um You know, Eddie probably was told that and was like, you know what, fine. I'll put this all behind me and I'll come out and I'll be there. Um, I don't hate on him for what he did. People are like talking shit. It's like he didn't want to be there. That's the one thing. The guy didn't want to fucking be there, man. He didn't want to be there. You know, if you have any ability whatsoever at reading body language or reading somebody who's comfortable in a certain situation, I mean, you could tell he came out. He wanted to thank everybody. He was excited. He was excited. And then he just was like, you know, he he didn't want to be there the way he was like, thank you. And then, you know, he was like, kind of wanted it to go to commercial and, and that's fine. I mean, it was either, here's the thing. If he didn't show up, it would have been like, oh, everybody showed up to this one except Eddie. And I bet you that's what happened. I bet you Eddie's people told him, look, you weren't at the 25th or whatever, you know, you weren't there 15 years ago, and everyone else was there. Just your fucking entourage was there. So, it's going to look bad because they're going to have Chevy Chase. They're going to have this one. They're going to have that one. All these different people, all these cast members, all these hosts of the show. Like, you got to... It's going to look really bad. And I think there, he was like, all right, yeah, I'll go. And I think he pr- pretty much showed that he, just, that he just wanted to show face and be there and not do much. I just read... Before this, um, before this podcast tonight, I just read that um, they tried to get him into the Jeopardy sketch, or they were going to do something where, or or when he walks, they were going to try to get him in the Jeopardy sketch. And then I heard something where he was going to walk behind a bar, dressed as Bill Cosby, making drinks. And they said that you know that would have brought the house down, even if he just did something quick and subtle like that. And um, you know they just said he's not comfortable. He just doesn't want to do it, and he's not comfortable doing it, and and that's it. You know what? And that's. Look, you can't, I mean, look, at the end of the day, do I think he should have done something? Absolutely. I think even coming out just with a couple of jokes, I think if he came out just with like a, you know, four to five minute, you know, little thing about even funny stories about the show or just like, you know, I want to hear his classic laugh and him tell a story and and, and something that really reminisces or something that people, you know, don't know or never heard about about him on the show or just like a quick little like sketch, uh, We were talking of him and Piscopo did the uh, Stevie Wonder and Frank Sinatra song real quick. Just something like that would have been awesome, and it would have just kind of tied a bow on the whole thing and come full circle and be done. But you know what? I'm not going to hate on the guy for not doing it. I mean, that's Eddie Murphy, to me, uh, greatest of all time. I think after he did Raw at 25, I think every two years or three years, that guy could have put out an album that would have just blown people away every time. So I don't have any, you know, but I will tell you, man, I, I've never seen a guy's presence that intense. I've never I never looked at somebody and just watched their presence. Now, I've been around a lot. I've been around a lot of comedians and I, I've I've just seen a lot of stand up, you know, in the time that I've been doing it and uh I'd never seen anybody even when he walked on stage he's bigger than SNL he saved the show like to me he's bigger than it you know I was like yeah you got all these funny characters and all these people that did funny things on it and then you got this kid this kid who just showed up and 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 when the show was about to be canceled he took it over because he was so good and when he walked out in that blue suit and just stood there it was just like oh my god like to me so uh, I don't mean to nerd out about Eddie Murphy with you guys that aren't interested in this shit but for me man it was fuck it was nuts To see that. It was just like, holy shit, he's back. By the way, fucking guys, 50-something years old, you know, you always wonder if they're gonna have, you know, those fucking, you know, just that, you know, awful metabolism, they just get fat, there's nothing that they could do about it, you know, just, uh, you know, just jowls and the net. I mean, this guy looks phenomenal, he looks like, I mean, he looks younger than what he is, and, um, it was just great to see him there, so... Eddie Murphy could do no wrong in my eyes. I I did see that he was uncomfortable and didn't want to be there, but what are you going to do? Because here's the thing, people, and anybody saying, no, I don't think, I don't think he was uncomfortable. I think he would have, no. Here's the bottom line. Eddie Murphy could have and would have done anything he could have done there if he wanted to. He could have went to them with anything, and they would have been ecstatic. They would have cut other sketches out. So if anybody thinks that, oh, they just, no, it was all Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is the one who decided what he wanted to do that night. And you got to see what he wanted to do. He wanted to be brought out. He wanted to say thank you for everything, that he loved his time there. And then he wanted to go to commercial and he wanted it to be over. And that's exactly what he did. That's it. So it does suck. I would have liked a little more, but I'm not going to hate on him. People are like, Wow. What does he just have no talent anymore? These dumb fucking people. I swear to God, it's the dumbest thing. It's like, you understand that Eddie Murphy has more fucking talent in his fucking pinky than 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 most people you will ever, most people you fucking see in this world. Eddie Murphy is the most talented. I'm, I'm not even joking around. i want to make this straight right now. I'm not even kidding. Eddie Murphy is the most talented individual probably of your lifetime if you're listening to this podcast. Okay, because I don't know how many people I have listening that are in their 60s and 70s, and I don't think that there's too many. I mean, yeah, there, maybe there's some younger people, but whatever. Eddie Murphy is just, you know, the greatest of all time. The be- However you want to say it, number one, it's not even fucking close. I mean, what the guy can do... I mean, the guy can sing and dance, Now, I don't like his music, but the fact that the guy can sing and dance, the fact that the guy can act amazing to like an Oscar level thing, and then his stand-up, not not to mention he wrote all those sketches at 18, 19 years old on Saturday Night Live, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's Eddie Murphy and there's everybody else, um, but... You know, uh, I I was just, I was, it it meant so much. And you should have saw some of the other comedians were like right there with me just watching him. He's one guy that I could honestly say I would be starstruck. Like, I don't get, I mean, it's just athletes. Athletes, like at at stand-up, right, we're around a lot of people sometimes, you know, I'm not trying to name drop here, but like, you know, I recently did a show with, you know, I was on the same show as Jerry Seinfeld, you know, I was on the same show as Artie Lang, I was on the same show as some big people, and it's awesome and it's an honor, and it's great, but you know, you kind of just have this, yeah, what are you doing, oh, you're going on the road, yeah, I just was over here, and some guys don't talk, some guys just keep to themselves, some guys are super cool and just totally embrace you and are cool, and oh, you're so funny, and that's just a business. And it makes you not really get like you know even when I was right next to you know when you do the Montreal Comedy Festival, I was standing right next to Chappelle. It was fine. I was just like, oh shit, that's Dave Chappelle. It's pretty cool, you know. But you know, and, and being in New York, you see these guys work out stuff. Chris Rock definitely shook me up a little bit just because, like, you know, after Eddie, he was the guy that you know was you were actually able to watch his stand up because Eddie, you're only uh, Eddie, you're only allowed to watch. I mean, you're only you only can watch. I should say, you know. Two two shows. You could watch Delirious, you could watch Raw, and then all of his movies. But then, you know, Chris was bringing, you know, Bring the Pain, Bigger and Blacker, you know, uh, Never Scared, Don't Kill the Messenger. So he was just doing all these different shows and you were able to watch him. So I saw him one time and I could have said something to him at a Christmas party and I didn't. I told that story before. But Eddie Murphy, I would not know. I think if I saw Eddie Murphy, the only thing I would do is I would just probably just shake his hand and say, thank you. Or I'd probably say something stupid like you're the greatest or... Like, and and I don't know what it is about athletes that, that make me more... Like, I don't care who I'm around. Movie stars, stand-up comedians, it doesn't really do much for me. Athletes, just because that's what I... Like, that's what I watch and I get so into. And, and Eddie Murphy. Like, Jordan and Murphy would be the two. But um, I remember... Michael Strahan, I I think I told the story before, Michael Strahan saw me perform, and he actually, he heard me outside of the club after my show, and he looked and he said, good job, and he shook my hand, and we took a picture, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, this guy gave me the greatest moment in 2007 and 2011 watching the Super Bowl, and like a fucking asshole, the dumbest thing I could say, we got our arms around each other, and I just, as, like, the person's taking the picture, I literally, I think I, like, mumbled to him, I go, yeah, dude, 2007 changed my life, and as the words changed my life come out of my mouth, my brain is going, dickhead, are you really saying this? Are you really fucking saying change your life? You have fucking children, you grown man, you dumb asshole, are you really, and then like, he was just so cool about it, and like, as he's walking away, I'm going, did I just fucking tell this grown man that a game he played in in 2007 changed my life? You know, I'm like, because he's either going to think I'm the biggest football nerd or just the fucking weirdest dude ever. But Eddie Murphy would probably, yeah, I mean, Martin Lawrence tells a great story on Inside the, uh, wait, yeah, I Mar- was it Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence, I think, told a story about how he was doing a movie with Eddie Murphy and he just couldn't stop staring at him. He just kept looking, going, dude, that's Eddie Murphy, that's Eddie Murphy. And, like, I totally get that. Like, that's the thing. Like, guys that are huge look at Eddie Murphy like that. That's how big. Oh, uh, he's the greatest, man. He's the greatest. And, uh, and and the last thing I'll say about Eddie Murphy, and then I'll get over this uh, this thing here, this, this little chunk of the show. But there's a lot of people out there going, if Eddie came back, he wouldn't be the same thing. He wouldn't be the same thing. I disagree. I think that there's something going on with him where he's so famous and so big and has to live up to I think I think there's like a blockade in him in front of him right now okay and and here's what I think it is I think with all the anticipation and talk about it and the two specials that he does have out being so big I think that thing in his head of can I do this can I do that I think that if he puts aside and just says fuck what I did in the past The past is a past. That's 35 years ago. I'm a different person now. I have children. I have like five or six kids. You know what I mean? I've I've been married. I've been divorced. There's been stuff said about me in in, in the media. All these different things. I'm going to put everything aside. And I'm just going to use my comedic ability to put out another hour of content and see what happens. And I think he's smart enough. And I think he's just that talented where if he was able to work it out and and just go into places unannounced and work it out I think he would end up putting out a monster hour and I think it would be up there with the with the greats I really do I think that I mean I think he needs a lot of work and it's hard to step away as long as he did but I think if he worked it for a couple of years and just got those chops back and walked on the stage cuz here's what he's going to have he's going to have everybody's attention his presence and stardom is already there. Now it's just content and funny. And I've heard that, like, Chappelle and all these people are saying, people don't realize how funny he is off stage. Like, they said he's the funniest person, like, you'll ever talk to. Still. Like, he's just fucking hilarious. So I think if he goes out and he talks about his five kids and he talks about, about all that stuff, I think he could do it. I don't think he's gonna, and I think it's, you know, really hard for him to come back, and you could see how uncomfortable he was on Saturday Night Live. But I think if he put all that aside and said, fuck it, I'm doing it, I think it would be amazing. So I just wanted to talk about that, and as far as SNL, uh, the the fortieth, I didn't get to see it. I I read it, but people said it was really funny and amazing to see that many stars. Cool to see my buddy Pete Davidson, young kid man, twenty one years old, and uh, you know, the you know getting the getting the burn on there right now with all those people. It's uh, really big for him. I'm happy for him. Also Michael Che and uh, I know Colin Jost and those guys. So that's awesome. But yeah, just seeing the audience, just how crazy that was. Um, you know, could have been, it's funny because like I, you know, I'm able to go to some of the Saturday Night Live after parties and this one, cast members were like, dude, we can't even get our mothers in, we can't even get our, like it was literally like you and your significant other and I think that's it, like nobody could get anybody in that party, but that must have been crazy and Fallon's story about it was awesome, so um, I grew up as a little kid with Saturday Night Live, you know, my parents watching it and stuff and Uh, when I'm home on a Saturday, and I'm not doing anything, and it's 11.30, and there's a show that's not a rerun, I'll watch it, so, um, that's it, I just wanted to talk about that, uh, Eddie Murphy's my hero, (laughs) all right, so, oh, here's something I'm doing, I don't know if you ever, you guys ever did this shit, but, um, I'm doing this body cleanse thing now, and, uh, I went to GNC, first of all, you know, this could be an unacceptable. I, I have a, like I have like three options for an unacceptable on this one, but I think I'll go with the one that I wrote down. So this one is not going to count. But I go into GNC, right? Now, Hold on, let me sip my uh, let me sip my Canada Dry Diet Ginger Ale. Those fuckers should be paying me the amount of time I drink Ginger Ale on this damn show and announce it. Well, you know you curse too much and you say fuck. We can't. All right. So here's the deal. I go into GNC, right? Not my unacceptable, by the way. And I am kind of, you know, enjoying, you know, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the, you know, the hunt that I talk about, you know, looking for something, you know, I'm just like kind of, you like to look and see and like, that's why I like video stores and I liked all that shit, you know, the hunt, you know, online dating gets rid of the hunt, okay? You used to have to go out to a bar and get a girl, you know? And if you couldn't do it, you don't fucking deserve love. Now you go, you point to somebody, and go, I'd like to bang her, and you get to fucking date her. I mean, it's a joke. It's actually a joke. All right? You no know, video store. A guy gets a new release. You shouldn't fucking see the movie. He deserves to see the movie. But guess what? You go on demand, you can see the movie. Granted, great, more convenient for you, but you need to hunt in this world. So I go into GNC, and I start enjoying the, let me get this, let me get that. And then, you know, heavy set employee... You know, the guy wasn't in the best shape. Uh, comes over and he's like, oh, can I help you? Sweetheart of a guy, nice guy. And I'm like, yeah, listen, I'm looking to do some body cleanse. You know, I want to detox. I just want to get everything out of my system. Start over kind of, you know, flush me out. Do all this stuff. I'm, I'm eating better. I'm eating kale. I'm, you know, I'm still, you know, my weight has stayed the same or gone or consistently going down. And if I have a slip up for a weekend, I get right back. Like that's what I've been doing the past year and a half. And I've talked about it on the show. So I'm talking to this guy. And this guy was, it was so funny, because I was like, hey, which cleanse would you recommend? And he was just like, well, what I use, and on my mind, I'm just like, yeah, dude, listen, I mean, you're probably like, you know, you're medically morbid obese, so how about you, how about you fucking tell me exactly the opposite of what you're using? All right, because like, yeah, listen, Grant, I don't mind the guys working in GNC. You know, a guy needs to make a living and everything like that, but you can't start, you can't look like that and start giving, you know, start giving supplement advice. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> you just can't, you just can't do it. You know. Uh, but anyway, long story short, I get on this these pills, and it's like four in the morning and four after. It's all like herbal stuff, and um, man, this is like this stuff is working, and it's just making me. It's I don't know. It's my helping my digestive system, and you know, it's, it makes you drink a shitload of water. Sometimes I think all of these things are a hoax And all of these like things they just say But you have to drink a lot of water And then once you drink a lot of water This this shit happens anyway You know Because you're drinking two gallons of water a day It's like of course you're going to fucking feel flushed out (laughs) Yeah take this supplement that anybody can take And it does nothing but Throw down three glasses of water every five minutes And see what happens Uh, So I'm doing that But it actually feels like it's working I feel like it's doing something for me So I'll keep you guys posted I don't want to give the name of the product yet because if I end up shitting on it, I don't want to get sued. Uh, speaking of speaking of your system, all right, I'm at the, I'm at the club the other night. Now I don't really smoke that much weed, guys. I'm not a big weed guy. You know, occasionally. You guys know. I tell you, when I was in Seattle, I smoked weed that fucking Snoop Dogg said was the best weed ever, and I took one hit of it and I was fucking high for a fucking whole night. So. <laughs> There was this uh, I love the names of the weed the names are hilarious of the weed right It reminds me of that Cat Williams it, Cat Williams made Cat Williams did make a good he goes weed is so good now and he goes in the deal that bit where he goes the dealers always like, yeah I know the shit I gave you last time but this shit right here this shit and it's so it's so true but anyway so there's a guy I don't want to give out names uh, but there's a weed guy. Strolling around comedy clubs everywhere. You know, everybody knows you're either the comics got it or there's a guy who comes in. And just, you know, it's not hard to get. And uh, I'm talking East Coast. I know in out West it's a joke to get. But, you know, East Coast when you're, you know, two degrees outside, you're sitting there. You could still find it is what I'm saying. So, I hear the guy talking to somebody about weed. And I'm thinking to myself. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm off the next couple of days. Maybe a hit won't kill me. You know, a little hit of weed. And, uh, so, the next night, I go, I do my last show before, you know, I had a day off. And I was like, yo, dude, you got any, you got, like, I was like, I just want, like, a little, like, you know. He's like, yeah, man, whatever you want, you know, let me know, I'll give you, like, what this amount is worth. But, I'll, you know, you just give me this amount, you know, I'll give you a little test. And I was like, is it good? And he was like, yeah, it's real good. And I was like, what's it called? I forgot what he said, some kind of, like blue something, something with the name blue, and it was just hilarious, so he gives me this thing, and, uh, I go home, my little brother comes up yesterday, and I wanted to watch a movie, I wanted to watch a comedy, so I was like, hey man, let's hit this thing that I got, and we'll watch a comedy, dude, I swear to God, I'm not even joking, this was the most potent, I don't know what I smoked in Seattle, but I think this rivals it. I'm not even kidding. It was the craziest shit. Now, my little brother smokes more than I do. And not a lot, but he smokes more weed than I do. But when I do, you know, I, I know, like, the levels and where I'm at and what I could do. I swear to God, this it was like the movie Don't Be a Menace to South Central that the Wayne's brother did when the guy started coughing so much and he foamed at the mouth and started going into convulsions and died. I took one hit of this weed and I was coughing, I coughed so much that like something happened where I got like that, like that burst of like, you know like when you hit your, your, that like electrical feeling you get when you hit your, your funny bone like down your arm, I got that like through my chest and arms, I was coughing so much, my brother was laughing his ass off, I couldn't stop coughing, he was even coughing and he smokes more than me And that was with one solid hit I took. And I realized that the shit was so good so early that I took too much. I swear to God, I sat down and I was so fucked up off of one. He took like four. And he looked like, he honestly looked like he was on anesthesia. Like he 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 was, he was sitting down staring. At, he was sitting down <laughs> staring at the TV like he had a fuck got a fucking needle in his arm and he was about to go down for like a quadruple bypass surgery. That's how fucking out of it he got. One hit. I'm just sitting there and I got toasted, just annihilated. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy, dude. This is crazy." Um. And it's like it's just like the weed is too good now. You know? I remember you could smoke like a and that, that's that's the funniest thing. When you were a kid and you smoked like a like a big joint or a blunt with your friends, like you were smoking shit weed. You're like, yeah, this is good. It's good. No, it's not good. It's brown, dirt, shit, awful of fucking weed. That's what you smoked. If you're anywhere right now from the age of like twenty eight. To fucking 40. The shit you smoked in high school sucked. Unless it was like towards the end of high school. And like that's when. You know. Or when you got to. It sucked. Give me. Compared to now. Now you got shit that fucking. You just sniff it. Just like. You know. Secondhand smoking. You're fucking. you just like. I was. It got so crazy. That I felt like. Parts of my body started changing. Like I honestly thought the right side of my brain started getting hot. Like under my skull. I felt like the right side of my head was like hot. And then I felt like my tongue, like I felt like there was some, it was just a (laughs) crazy, it was crazy. Anyway, um, we, like, so little of it got us so crazy that I have like this big nugget of it, so I guess I'm just gonna hit like one, whenever I need something, just take one and I'm like done, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, that's the one thing about weed, like when we, like, I know people that could take tests and drive cars and do all that, I can't do that shit on weed, you know? As fucking sad as this to say, like, I could drink a half a bottle of fucking scotch and probably, like, have a better chance of getting home alive than with weed. I would never do it and I don't do it, but I'm just saying I could function more. I could talk more. I feel like I'm, you know, weed, you're just like, dude, fucking, can I sleep? I mean, we were eating. She was so, it was like, it was literally like a movie where, I, and I said, I go, I'm not going to eat the house down after I smoke this. I'm going to just drink some water, you know and we had like gummy bears doritos i was fuck it was hilarious i had twix i it was i just saw wrappers of like m and m's you would have thought we you know it looked like we robbed a candy store <laughs> the stuff that we had and we were he was <laughs> he was eating like dip my brother was just eating dip and like <laughs> and uh chips and all that shit uh pretzels uh a hit after the show and go to bed. Um, Alright, I'm going to get into my unacceptables. And then I'll get into your unacceptables. And, uh, and then we'll do some plugs. We'll get out of here. Saw a movie. Got a couple of things to talk about sports. Nothing crazy. But um, my unacceptable, everybody, is pretty easy and pretty simple this week. Um, they're talking about, I guess we're 18 months away from a new president. Which is pretty nuts if you think about it. And it's going to go quick and I'm just looking at, like, I don't pay attention to it, but, I'm, you know, I've been home today, and I put on the TV, and I'm looking at the, the these people that, like, they're starting to predict who's going to run, okay? And here's my unacceptable. Choices right now that I'm hearing. Hillary Clinton, who's been a fucking president's wife, and now she's the, this president's whatever, is just sitting there. She's getting fucking ancient. Her jowls are swollen. She's just fucking, there's always like, oh, is she a liar? Is this and that? So you got Hillary Clinton. No fucking refreshing surprise. All right, I don't know who the other Democrat's going to be. Then on the other side, they're saying you got fucking Jeb Bush, Chris Christie. I mean, is this what the fuck we have to look forward to? These people, you got Chris Christie, who looks like he just ate a fucking glazed donut every time you see him waddling around and shit. Somebody's like, oh, no, no, he's losing weight. He's trying to lose weight for the presidency. Yeah, and and he still looks like that then you gotta, first of all, your name is fucking Jeb, President Jeb Bush, like, that guy needs to straight up fucking change his whole thing, if, uh, you know, you gotta change your name, you gotta, and I'm not even talking about Bush, I mean, the last name Bush kills him, but I'm talking about, like, you know, Jeb, I mean, what the hell? Yeah, here's President fucking Jeb or Fatty Mcfucking Jersey over here. Or there's Big Jowls Hillary. Can we get somebody that fucking walks in a room and makes a statement and actually says something? It's fucking unacceptable. It's unacceptable. You're going to make the American people choose between these fucking dopes? They're fucking dopes, dude. They're fu- out of shape dopes. I mean, Chris Christie's you know high-fiving Jerry Jones in a football box like he's a little kid. They're ignoring him. He's trying to get hugs. Get the fuck out of that. And you got, then you got the the, the younger brother of, of George Bush who's fucking, you know, goes into fucking, you know, sit, like, like commented on his mistakes. Like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> maybe we should. And you got fucking Hillary Clinton. That's why I'm like, who do you, who do you vote for? Who the fuck do you vote for? Unacceptable the level of choices that we have. These can't, this is what we have. These are the people that are gonna go fight for us. These are the people that are gonna make laws for us. These are the people that are gonna protect us. And you get fucking Chris Christie or Jeb Bush or Hillary Clinton is the fucking top three candidates that we're talking about here. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. And I'll be honest, like I'm not trying to be rude or whatever, you know. And I know, I know, not a lot of people like me saying this and stuff. And I, I, but listen, man, this has nothing to do with Democrat Republican at all it really isn't you guys know I'm an independent and but I mean come on man Chris Christie be in the face of the country I mean it's just you just can't I mean it's crazy it's crazy to have a face like a fucking neck like that you know and you can't have the pre, your president's name be Jeb fucking Jeb uh Mr. Prime Minister here's President Jeb Bush of the United States? I mean, what the fuck? Hillary's walking around looking like fucking Kathleen Turner jowls over here. She looks like fucking Freda Felcher from Dumb and Dumber 2, which I got to talk about that movie. But, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Fine, Listen, they're all going to fucking lie to you. They're all gonna lie. They're all gonna be snaky. They're all gonna have to pay back all of the money that that got him the presidency. I get it. I get that it's corporations. I get they gotta keep people happy. I get all that. But can you at least look the part? Can you at least? When is the last time? That's the funniest thing. The funniest thing about United States presidents is when's the last time we looked at we had a president that looked like a bad motherfucker. Now, I got to be honest, I'm not the biggest Obama fan. He's kind of, I mean, he doesn't look like a bad motherfucker. He looks like a nerd trying to be a bad motherfucker, but at least he kind of does, he's got his weight, you know, he's hes hes kind of tall, he's skinny, he's got the, you know, he, he definitely has, you know, he definitely has a better presence than most. But, like, I want somebody to be fucking gangster. Just look at him and go, oh, my God. You know, the way Eddie Murphy walked out on that Saturday Night Live stage on Sunday night and he just had that suit and he just walked up. He didn't even have to say anything and you were like, "Whoa, we haven't had that." We had Clinton's goofy ass fucking stupid fucking accent, Clinton walking "Fuck, fuck out of here." You know? You know the first Bush looked like he was dying in the 80s. We had that fucking clown. Th- this other Bush was a jo- was a joke. You know? All these guys are jokes. Jimmy Carter looked like you know, looked like he could be in front of your lawn on fucking Halloween. It's it's just no, you know. You know Reagan was all right, but he you know he was kind of older and had that. I'm, I want to see a bad, you know what I mean? Like 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 you know what I mean? Like like an American version of like what that you know, guy in No Country for Old Men or like an American like Benicio del Toro. Just that look, like oh shit. This guy looks like a nice guy, but if you, you know, shit could go south if you fuck with him. I want that. Because I don't care if a guy like that lies to me. I at least know him in good hands, you know? Jeb Bush, unacceptable. Chris Christie, unacceptable. Hillary Clinton, unacceptable. It's all unacceptable. All of our choices, unacceptable. Fucking Chris Christie sitting there walking through the courtyard with powder on his nose because he's eating donuts, you know? Hillary's going to end up being a <laughs> Hillary's been in the White House so long with so many different things she's going to be end up just being like a statue in the place. She's you know what I mean it's it's I mean look at Joe Biden. Could you imagine if if God forbid you know Obama, you know wasn't president anymore for some off and, and Joe Biden stepped in? I mean could you imagine that clown? I mean look at all these clowns that we got. It's just, it's just like a joke. It's a joke and it's unacceptable. So, uh, yeah, that's my unacceptable. The the level, the the choices that we have, okay, we, you know, we have an older chick who just looks tired and not in it anymore. We have Fatty McJersey over there, Christy, and and we have a guy named Jeb Bush from Florida. I mean, it's just over. So that's my unacceptable, and uh, I don't even know what else to say. Let's get into your guys' unacceptable. Okay, uh, this is from Michael Rask Peterson, and he says, "Hello, Verzi. I usually send my unacceptable on Twitter, but I couldn't fit this one in a tweet. This morning, I was showering in my gym. In comes these two shitheads, and I had been, uh, and I had been walking in and out of the steam room doing push-ups next to me." The hot tub and in general just exhibited, wait, hold on, walking in and out of the steam room doing push-ups next to the hot tub and in general just uh, exhibited ridiculous and annoying behavior. So after they finish a moron conversation, one of them puts his bag down in the aisle between the showers. He scrambles with his phone and puts on Kanye West, can't tell me nothing. On speaker, full blast. I was thinking to myself that despite being furious about the fact that I can't even shower uh, in this place uh, without having to hear about or listen to Kanye West, confronting these clowns with my balls hanging out probably wasn't a great idea. So I channeled my anger internally and let out an imaginary scream. Unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. And he's not even like, yeah, it's just like, really can't tell you nothing? Yeah, I can tell you something. I could tell you to turn that fucking bullshit down while other people are here. That's what I'm telling you. That would have been great. If you're like, hey, listen, I know the name of the song is Can't Tell Me Nothing, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to throw your phone in the fucking hot tub if you don't stop it right now. But I hear you. You don't want to be fucking naked, you know, just balls flying in a steam room and shit over a fight. I hear you. Um... Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, this one came in on Saturday night, and it's from Remo Di Piero, and he says unacceptable when you are taking a shit in a public bathroom and another another guy comes in uh, into shit in the stall right next to you. If there are only two stalls, it's fine, but if there are other open stalls, it is unacceptable, especially if they try having a conversation with you. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I'm a friendly guy. Like, I noticed the other day I went into a store to buy a wool hat. I just wanted to buy a wool hat. My hat was, my head was cold. And I wanted to buy, and I was, like, in a good mood. So I was, like, talking to people. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I was just, like, one of those things where I was really talkative. But not when you shit. You know, you can't go into a store and be like, Hey, how's everything going? Yeah. <laughs> I've been wiping good lately. You've been wiping good? I've been, It's been good wipes lately. Okay, so, that was that. Let's see what else we got here. We have another one from... All right. This one is from Jason Burr. And Jason says, uh, Unacceptable. Coworker told me the language in the podcast I was listening to in my car in a parking lot was inappropriate uh, for the parking lot. Hashtag unacceptable. I'm curious to see if it was mine. And even if it wasn't, that is... Yeah, I mean, that is unacceptable because you're in your car. And, uh, I mean, listen, if your windows are down and you're blaring something, I could get it. But, like, if you're in your car and they just hear it through the window or they walk by and hear it, that's definitely unacceptable um, and ridiculous. So, uh, let's see what else we got here. We got some tweets. You guys, listen, you guys actually came with the unacceptables later in the week, so it's much, uh, it's easier for me to, uh, to read them. All right, here we go. This one is from uh, Ben Reese. And he says uh, "TV uh, TVE unacceptable. The kitchen steward at my work who consistently plays pop music off his shitty $9 portable speaker. Dude is in his early 40s and hums like an eight year old girl while bumping sexy bitch. And. <laughs> And and similar embarrassing billboard (laughs) chart toppers from six years ago. Really, dude? You're a grown man. Enough Enough with the effeminate garbage. You may as well be eating fairy floss uh, and playing with the brat dolls uh, on your lunch break. Put them in a fucking cage. Hashtag animal. That's hilarious man uh, It's just funny to me That like a man would be You know Listening to a song called Sexy Bitch Just makes me laugh I don't know why um, I really It's just too much uh, Alright here we go Let's see what else We have here Okay this says This is from uh, What is this here? Oh okay. Oh yeah, that was crazy. That's another crazy thing that happened. I don't. You guys are gonna get a kick out of this, but something really crazy happened, um, the other night, and it was pretty fucking awesome. You guys, it it is too bad, to be honest with you. It is too bad that it wasn't like um. You know, uh, recorded, because it got it got crazy, but kind of fun, and it was it revolves uh, me, Bill Burr, and Giannis hanging out the other night, but uh, okay. So this is, says, Nick Alstein, Burr unacceptable, versie. My unacceptable is none other than the ginger magician himself, Billy Burr. Forgive me if this one is a little late, but I love the Babe Ruth debate, and you and Giannis going at it with Burr is hilarious. When Burr started his comparison between Ruth and current day players, I had a flashback to his interview with Michael Rappaport. Great fucking interview, by the way. It was a great interview. You should check that episode out of the Monday Morning Podcast because I loved it. Pull it up. And about three-fourths of the way through when Rappaport and Burr are talking Celtics and Knicks and comparing players. And Burr ends it with, and I quote, You can't compare players from different eras. Looks like old freckle face flip-flops like a seasoned politician. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag Verzi wins by default. Hashtag Burr Palin 2016. In all honesty, huge fan of both of you guys. You guys crush it if you ever make it to Madison, Wisconsin again. I love to buy you both a stick or two at a cigar lounge downtown. Thank you, Nick, very much. And um, thank you very much. And that is an absolutely unbelievably great point, and I cannot fucking wait to read this to Bill. Um, but here's the thing: it got crazy the other night. We were, um, we were. Uh, so Bill was in town, and you know he did the Patrice benefit, and um, you no, know, we went out and uh, late night. My wife and I for Valentine's Day we went out, and we met. We met up. Long story short, two thirty in the morning. We met up and and I, I I told a story, but I don't know if I actually talked about how intense it got with Bill and Giannis and me, where he was like, "Yeah, we're not going to talk about it." And then hours of drinking scotch, and it's five o'clock in the morning, and everybody's just destroyed and you know drinking, and like it was pretty nuts, and um, it got so intense that they started like yelling friendly wise, but like this thing is now carried over, like it's not done yet it's really not done and I actually think it's going to be an argument that goes on forever but I love what you sent me here because this is more ammunition and I mean listen I'm right anyway I mean I don't need here's the thing I know Babe Ruth is the greatest player of all time. He started American sports, he brought people to stadiums, he hit home runs that made people, I mean, he was like a circus act, how good he was for back then, and I just feel like with the pitching, and the way he can run, and the way he can field, nobody even fucking stole, nobody even like tagged up on him when he was in the outfield, because he had a rocket of, I mean, it's a joke, it's an absolute, it's, it's laughable, for me. Um, you know, Burr even puts him third all time, which is still ridiculous. But I mean he played against the Negro League All-Stars. He shit on him. He shit on every league he was in. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, but this is nice ammunition, so thank you very much. I'm glad uh I'm glad you sent that over. I really appreciate it. Okay, so all right, the next one here is um next one here looks like it is from Brendan. uh Marion. And uh Brendan Marion says, uh first all first of all, I just wanted to say thanks for your shout out to the troops in one ninety seven. That was awesome. Anyway, on to the unacceptable. I was out with my girlfriend for Valentine's dinner. In the waiting area, the people were packed in like sardines. This fat ass grabs a chair from the restaurant and plops it down right in the middle of the waiting area. Not only this, but he made his wife stand while people were trying to navigate around his fat ass. Didn't let his wife sit the entire hour they were waiting. Unacceptable. Put him in a cage. Yeah, it's awful. That's brutal. Just fucking animals. And yeah, put him in a cage. Some dude just sitting in the middle while his wife's standing. Um, what do you think goes on in that house? Um, all right, this next one is from, um, Nicholas Conroy, and he says, At my college, and the urinals smell so putrid, I have to slightly lean back and <laughs> turn my head just to be able to breathe. Jesus Christ, I've been at this school, uh, all year, and the punt. uh, and the the punch-in-the-dick smell has always been present in all bathrooms. When smells exceed a certain level, let's say to the point you can taste the shit particles, someone needs to be held accountable, hashtag unacceptable. Ugh, that's gross, and yes, I agree. And uh, that's uh, it for the longer ones. Now let's go over to Twitter and uh, see what we got on Twitter. Here we go. This unacceptable is from. Who is this here? All right. This is from uh, Kevin Bush. Kevin Bush had my back on this one. So pay attention, cocksuckers. Kevin Bush says uh, it's at uh, DE Goalie. And he says, at Paul Verzi TV, listeners complaining that episode 198 was late. It's free, he puts in all caps entertainment, you bitchy little douchebags, hashtag unacceptable, hashtag babies. You know, listen, I know the level of entertainment and what you guys are listening to is incredible. You know I, know, I know, I'm kidding. But I know you guys like the show and I appreciate it and I know you guys want it out there. Sometimes people complain and sometimes other people have my back uh, on the show. So what can you do? You know, I appreciate both, and I do try to get it out. But, hey, it's Wednesday night now, dicks. All right, so hopefully this will be up tomorrow. Um, This is from, and guys, I'm not trying to be a dick on this, but if you're a regular on the show, sometimes, like instead of the show going long, I can't, I'm going to try to get yours in, but... You know, I want to also get some new people in here, too, because, I, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like sometimes, I guess, if you listen to, like, a sports talk radio show or something where you get the regulars that come in with stuff, and I definitely want to, you know, I appreciate that, but if you're throwing one or two in every week and I got to get somebody new in, I just want to do that as well. So please understand that as well. Okay, so um, I know a bunch of people are just like, man, fuck that, then I ain't listening to this shit no more. Um, this is, uh, oh, this is funny, man. This guy, Ryan Moore at Ryan Mojo P-O-P-O. And he says, um, found this dude by the boarding gate. Why are so many animals at airports? There's a guy sitting at his gate. And instead of sitting in those, like, connecting leather chairs... He's sitting on the floor like in a yoga position, both legs out as far as he could go, and he's like stretching and doing stuff. What a dick! What a self-important dick! That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. <laughs> I remember me and Lawhead. <laughs> me and Lawhead were in a Starbucks, and uh, you know, I live up where people ride horses and train horses and stuff. That's where I live up up in, uh, you know, in Northern Westchester, near Connecticut, and um. <laughs> And Law had like this one guy just had like the big like riding boots on and the, and all that stuff and Lawhead and he was like looking around at people and Lawhead just goes, Yeah, I know, but we all know you <laughs> we all know you ride a horse. <laughs> you know, you don't have to sit in the middle thing acting like you're some yoga expert. Um Okay. Let's see here. What is it? There's one this one was Alright, there's a couple ones that I didn't get, so if I don't get it, guys, I'm not reading it. I need to get it. All right. Uh, all right, here we go. I'm sorry. I got to right, move up from this uh, This guy doing yoga. The picture's hilarious. He's like, <laughs> this guy is sitting in the middle of the airport, like, at his gate, as if he's in his living room watching a movie stretching. I just can't even believe somebody didn't, you know, uh, as I just, as as I just said what I said about Lawhead, he just tweeted, he just texted me about the Duke uh, North Carolina game. Um, all right, here we go. Ambassador Gun. This is from Ambassador Gun, Paul Verzi. What the fuck is this? Oh, roses are red, violets are blue. I cut off my penis. penis. Whoops. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag fuck Valentine's Day. All right. All right, that's different. Here we go. Jack Napier at Let Your Soul Glow. Standing in line for a ride and the lady behind decides to take off her bra, revealing belly button danglers. Ugh. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag animal. Uh, that's fucking gross, dude. Okay, this is from... This is from Chris Frost at M.M. Frosty Boy. Dear asshole waiting to board my flight. No one wants to listen to your stupid, annoying fucking game. Turn it down. Hashtag unacceptable. He's got a picture of the guy. Uh, I don't understand how it's... I, I, that's one thing, like, I don't understand how is allowed when... You you can you can actually either FaceTime with somebody, or you can you can listen to music on speaker or play a game on speaker for everyone to hear. I don't know how that's not, I don't know how that's allowed. You know, it's like I get it. You know, it's not smoking because you're not in danger, but you're still being a real fucking dick. This one is from Jeremy Rivard at J E R E underscore Rivard R I V A R D. Uh, unacceptable. Coquette professor brings in six-year-old to class and makes him sit in front of the class daycare, you rich prick. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it, dude. That's a great, that's a great one. Um, okay, this one is from Corey at Corey Swags. All right, and what does he say here? Paul crushing it on TVE 198 just getting through it now. Nothing is worse than the dinner circle jerk you described. Hashtag unacceptable. (laughs) All right. I appreciate it. This one is from Ryan Moore. And he says, You're unacceptable on bickering about what to eat. And when they try low-carb, gluten-free, or new diet trend, forget about it. All right. Um... This is uh, from Typical Feminist at The Real Broach, B-R-O-C-H. Okay, TVE198. I'm getting a lot of feedback on 198 that uh, people are mentioning unacceptable in, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, TVE198, unacceptable rant might be the best one. Dying laughing and couldn't be more accurate. Um you know what's so nuts is I've been so busy running around doing stand up and and then these podcasts and kids. I don't even know what the rant on 198 was. Now I'm going to go back to it. Okay. Um, this one is from the. Um, this is something about McDonald's and I think it's yeah it's a. Oh, it was deleted, but I think it was something nasty about McDonald's and it said people at McDonald's unacceptable enough from Observer. And it was O-B-S-3-R-V-3-R-8. So yeah, they, they took that down for some reason, dude. I'm sorry about that. Um, but send another one, and I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, this is from Eric O'Neill at Eric O'Neill 10. The guy at work meeting that refuses to eat the food your boss brought for everybody. Unacceptable. Un- ungrateful. uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's weird. That's almost ballsy for the boss to come in with food. And you're like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not gonna. This is from Ronnie Ron. At, uh, at Ronnie and then capital P-M-F. Unacceptable knowing it's snowing, but you still choose to wear sneakers and heels then complain it's slippery out there. Hashtag dumbass. Yep, I agree with that. Um. Okay. This is from Dustin Bell at MindTaker underscore. Pissing and moaning about a free podcast being late. You people are the Kanye's of Twitter minus the talent. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag animals. Uh, this one is from Colton Fair. and under, It's at Little Drummer. Little Drummer. So it's L-I-L-D-R-U-M-A-B. B-O-Y-1. I guess our street is a storage unit for the city of uh, San Jose. Hashtag unacceptable. And he just has a um, picture here. And it's just like, it's got bulldozers, a porta potty, like uh, the whole work thing. And it's just sitting in the middle of the street there. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> that's a good one. Thank you. All right. Only a few more, guys. You take too fucking long. I don't like when it's late. You fucking put them in a cage. Throw yourself in a cage. I'll tell you, speaking of cages, this fucking bitch at the stand the other night. She was drunk as shit, and I'm on stage. And uh, I got a couple more of these, but I just want to tell this story real quick before I forget. She's on. I'm on stage, and I go on. I'm on last, and it's late, okay? And she's drunk. And the people she was so drunk that when people that worked there were like, Listen, you really gotta calm down So she goes, ah, oh, shut up and get out of here. You're just annoying. Like she was like that drunk to the people that worked there. And finally, I mean, I just had to destroy her. I mean I destroyed the guy she brought. I, I just I told her, like I just I forgot what I told her, but like I was destroying her as she got up and walked out. I mean she had to be she had to be destroyed. And the guy was like yelling at her. She was the worst. Oh my gosh, she was the worst. Talk about put him in a cage. And here's the thing. She was, like, dressed well. And, like, you know, like, I couldn't tell if she was, like, attractive or not. But, like, you know, she was, like, tall. She had, like, long blonde hair. She was dressed well. I could see that. And she was a drunk animal. Oh, my God. Brutal. I said felt bad. I go, who the fuck brought her here? And the guys like, left with her. It was whatever. All right. Anyway, put him in a fucking cage. What are you going to do? Put him in a cage. Uh, this one is from Kyle, uh, Pedrag Mullins. I'm sorry if I fucked that up, but it's at Kyle Mullins, and that's M-U-L-L-I-N-S-19. I I went to the bathroom at work to see a customer vomiting into the sink. The toilet was right behind him. Animal. Hashtag unacceptable. (laughs) Uh, okay. (laughs) That's hilarious. All right, this is from Real Charles... Uh, Nordholm and it's uh, at Charles uh, N-O-R-D-H-O-L-M and he says nobody going down can read the sign Uh, hashtag unacceptable and it's a staircase sign and on the first thing it says up only that's funny I like that it's a good one thank you for that and you had to take the time to take the picture and shit (laughs) It's right. It kind of doesn't make sense. Thank you for the submission. And let's see what else we got. Um, One more, everybody. And this is from Jose. And it is Jose12345. So it's at Jose, and it's O-O-O-O-O-O-O-S-E-12345. Guy in front of me at theater tweeting during movie, uh, Birdman. Unacceptable. Put him in a cage. That's a that's fitting. Put him in a cage, Birdman. I like it. Um, all right, everybody. Those are the unacceptables for the week. Nice and smooth. Uh, those were great ones. Keep sending them, and um, I will, you know, and I'll keep reading them. Now, uh, real quick. Don't have much to talk about sports. Uh, well, it does kind of suck. See, Amari Stoudemire not with the Knicks anymore because he was the guy that really decided to like say, I'm gonna take a chance. He was like the first big name in a long time. You know, he got a $100 million contract. He went, I know I'm acting like he's the first guy to come and help us. Meanwhile, they throw $100 million at him. But no, he wanted to recruit people and, and really do the right thing. And his body just wouldn't allow it. And I hope he does well somewhere. He loved being in New York. And uh, I'm a fan. So uh, that sucks. That's really all. That's all you really got to say about what's going on in sports right now is I pour my, my ginger ale. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's kind of a it's kind of a lonely time. It's kind of let's get ready for March Madness. Let's put some money on some college basketball games and uh, enjoy that for a while. And hopefully see these college kids come up and then you know know who's coming in the NBA draft. Nothing going on in sports. There's no football. You know the NBA All Star game's a joke. Um, I'm just you know it's basically it's basically March Madness and then. NBA playoffs, and then, you know, and see what happens from there, so, but I did see two movies, everybody, and I wanted to talk about the two movies, and do plugs, and get out of here, we're at about an hour into the show, you guys listen to this episode 199, the Verzi Effect podcast, with me, your host, Paul Verzi, Um, yeah, some cool announcements at the end of the show, too, so, let me just do the, uh, let me get into the, the movies I saw, I saw Dumb and Dumber 2, which I wanted to see, I really wanted to see it and I saw um, Dumb and Dumber 2 and I saw Birdman let me first talk about Dumb and Dumber 2 Rotten Tomatoes gave it awful and I I thought I laughed out loud now granted I smoked incredible weed but I watched it again today and there's so many little things that Jim Carrey says and they're so spot on with the first movie as far as like the little extra things. Now, I don't know if people are going to take the time and watch it as many times as you watch the first one, but I think if you watch this movie, now granted, it's not as good as the first one. It's never going to be as good as the first one. The first one is a classic, and I really didn't like how Dumb and Tumber 2 ended with the whole science guy and that whole box thing. I didn't really love that, but as far as all of the funny jokes and the little things, I thought it was hilarious. I laughed my ass off, and I really enjoyed it, and, uh, you know, my friends nailed it too. Like my friends were like, actually, my friend said it started out slow, and it was. I was like, I thought it. I thought it started out hilarious. I thought it was fine. Um, so I recommend getting incredible weed, and if you liked Dumb and Dumber One and did not see Dumb and Dumber Two, smoke some good weed and watch it. I think it was hilarious. Uh, I didn't like the ending though. I thought the last ten minutes were like, eh. Other than that, I enjoyed it, and I'm just being honest. Tell me what movies you didn't like my review on. I think I'm nailing it. Now, Birdman was amazing acting. I really enjoyed the movie. It made you think. It made you guess. You know, I was talking about the ending today. Everyone has a different version of what happened at the end. Um, you know, I I read a couple of things that some people said that the scene... You should stop listening to the podcast for a couple minutes if you, if you didn't see the movie and you plan to. But you know Michael Keaton he plays a character that um you know he was a guy that used to be a superhero called Birdman and he's kind of still li- he's like kind of still living that like that guy like that guy is still in him in his head and he's like older and kind of feels like he's done and has been but he still has talent he's doing this play and all kinds of stuff happens anyway you see the movie and you figure out what's going on Ed Norton's in it he's great and um i i was just watching it Really carefully in the end, and something happens in the end where he um, he ends up in a hospital so this is a spoiler alert, but there's a scene in the movie his scene in the in the play at the end of the play he kills himself on stage and then that's the end of the the play well in the movie he actually really shoots himself and uh, there's questions if he killed himself or The last scene is he's in the hospital with a bandage on his face and he didn't succeed killing himself. Um, And then he goes to the window and jumps out of the window and then his daughter comes back from the bathroom and goes, Dad and Emma Stone, and she looks down and he's not there but then she looks up and kind of smiles and sees him flying. And they said that that could be a hallucination too. I don't know. I think what happened was they said that the, the, the hospital scene didn't happen. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I think the hospital scene might have happened. And he did kill himself. And instead of her seeing like the horror, she just imagined him being in peace and something like that. I don't fucking know. I don't know, but I will tell you this. Watch it. Let me know what you think. I thought it was good. And please let me know if you guys have ideas or if you know anything about the movie that I don't know. Because I only saw it once and I really liked it. I want to see it again. But the ending you know, you can interpret it, like, if you look online, there's, a lot of people have different things, a lot of people say he killed himself on stage, and it was over, and then, like, the, the ending was all, like, you know, like, the the end was, like, a dream, or something, or, I don't know, or that his daughter had the crazy hallucinations that he had, and after he killed himself, she imagined him going, I don't know, but I loved the movie, I thought the acting was amazing, I thought the shooting of it was different, and really cool, and, um, I liked it, so, Check out Birdman, I give that a high recommendation, and Dumb and Dumber if you want to just laugh your ass off. Both good, got nothing bad to say about either of them except the end of Dumb and Dumber. And you got to take it for what it is, it's not the first one. Okay everybody, let's get to some plugs here. Ah, it's another great show. Another great show in the can, man. An hour in, feels like nothing, it's a joke. Put him in a fucking cage. be funny if like I should name my album no actually what I'm going to do guys is um, a lot of things are changing so I want you guys to know uh, April 9th again and I already have people asking me about the tickets the tickets will be on sale for my um, my CD recording at the stand April 9th 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock so both shows will be my album recording and um, it's going to be all professionally done and wired and all that stuff it's going to be sick I'm really excited about it. Have some good people working on it and all that, Um, and all that. So, come down. uh, I I think it'll be tickets will be on sale at the end of this week. So, and when they are, I'll announce it. And um, I'll put it on Facebook and Twitter and you guys can go and purchase. And it seems a bunch of people want to come down. Um, you know, if you're a fan of the Verzi effect and all that stuff and you're not far, man, come down. I'd love to hang out, get a drink with you afterwards. Uh, the stand is a very small, intimate place. It only holds about 80 seats. Um, so we're going to do that twice and um, and then have an after party upstairs and do all that. So... Um, it's unfortunate. I thought I was going to be able to get it done on Saturday, the the Saturday night that I was in uh, Indianapolis and the sound's not right. And, um, quite frankly, I think it might be a blessing in disguise because I added so much to some of those jokes and, you know, being home in New York at my home club. This is my home club. This is where I work out. This is where I become a better comedian over the years. And, um, you know, it's going to be cool. So, uh, I think the name of it's going to be Paul Verzi Live at the Stand or Paul Verzi at the Stand. And that's going to be my first one. And uh, that's the way I'm doing it. So come out uh, April 9th, Thursday, 8 or 10 o'clock. Uh, and don't be don't be a drunk animal that I got to say put in a cage. Um, this Saturday, February 21st, I will be working with Steve Renazizi at the Fox Theater at Foxwoods in Connecticut. Steve Renazizi, if you watch the show The League, he plays Kevin, friend of mine. He hit me up, asked if I was around that night. I said yes, so we're going to have some fun at the Fox Theater. You could check that out. And um, what else do we have here? The 200th episode of The Verzi Effect will be done in Los Angeles. Um, now, I do not know, and I want to make this clear, I don't need people, what the fuck? I, put, I do not know if it's going to be on that Wednesday. Right now, it looks like it's going to be on Wednesday, the twenty-fifth, because I'm I'm lining up some guests, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and it should be great. There is a chance I may have to move things around. Uh, I may have a meeting out in California with some people for some other stuff, and there is a chance that um, that date will change. I will let everybody know on my Twitter. I will let everybody know on my Facebook. You know, and I don't know exactly when the two hundredth is is going to be there. But in the meantime, catch up, tell your friends, excuse me, tell your friends about the show, catch up on all the other, you know, 199 uh, episodes, and, uh, but it's looking like it will be in a week, I will let you know if anything else changes, we're working, as a matter of fact, I'm working on it tonight, to finalize the date and all that stuff. So, um, 200th is coming up, gonna have some guests, it's gonna be a good time, and, um, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Any other dates and all that stuff will be on the uh, Verzi, uh, Paul Verzi website, paulverzi.com. Get me on Twitter, at paulverzi, V-I-R-Z-I. Send me an unacceptable. Keep listening. But uh, all the stuff you guys have been asking for, man, the CD's coming. Uh, the, the unacceptable t-shirts are coming this year. It's all coming this year, man. It's all coming together. So uh, we're going to work it out and, and get it done. Um, I thought I was going to do it away from home, but it looks like, you know... Looks like home, home is where the heart is and that's where the first album is going to be from uh, my home club in a basement in Manhattan. That's where it's going to be. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys. Until 200, uh, I will keep you guys updated on when 200s come coming. Keep listening to old episodes and I appreciate you. Later.